I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The liberals and conservatives want to play a political game and score points. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You're actually sharing half of the story. Lies, 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 yeah! All righty. Let's dig into them. Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. And is, uh, by, by omitting all the information, a lie, Tom? Well, it's not technically a lie. It's just if no one asks, why volunteer it, right? Yeah, well, exactly. There you go. Plausible deniability. Nonetheless, so uh, busy times in your neck of the woods. MPs voting 170 to 150, um, you know, for the expulsion of this Chinese diplomat. All of the liberals, of course, were good little uh, seals and they all voted um, against the expulsion. And now they're all out there, Tom, saying, I stand behind Melanie Jolie. This was the only decision we could make. Well, no, I mean, you voted against what she just did, but now they're all on board. MPs have to find out what happened here, and it won't be members of the government caucus. As you mentioned, they're not interested for obvious reasons of self-preservation. The Prime Minister's office is told as National Security Advisor. By the way, the expulsion confirms all this, so we can stop speculating now. Yes. They wouldn't have expelled <laughs> Zhao Wei from the China consulate in Toronto if it wasn't true. So what do we know mm-hmm. for a fact? There was monkey business, and he was going to try to intimidate an MP's family for voting a certain way. And we know that the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor was told this July 20th, 2021, mark the date. What happened three weeks later? Well, the Prime Minister called an election. Isn't it obvious Mm -hmm. that they had no interest in disrupting election plans with uh, this business of intimidation of an MP's family? Because he had this political agenda, he was going to get a majority campaigning for vax mandates. And this Mm. just threw salt in the gears, and he wasn't interested. And now it's up to committees, apparently everybody except liberal members, to find out who knew what and why they didn't tell, most of all, MP Chong, because it was his relatives back in Hong Kong. What would happen Mm -hmm. to those people? You know, this is a a regime where people do disappear in police stations. It's been documented, Alex, by human rights investigators. This was not trivial, and they did nothing. Yeah, well, in politics, I guess they call that collateral damage. But don't forget the timing of this, Tom. I mean, Afghan literally, while the prime minister was announcing that election uh, call, uh, was falling and people were jumping on planes trying to desperately get out of the country. They didn't bother with that either. So we had these major national security issues. And this got, they, all they cared about was getting to this election that was the most important of our lifetime. Remember, that was the phrase, the most important. It's true. It's sad when you put it that way, isn't it? I was just, it almost takes your breath yeah. away. You, you look back on this one. You had this thug, this Zhao Wei, and he got another two years to kind of hang around Toronto, hassling people. And everyone was in the know. I mean, the list of people who saw this, uh, this confidential memo is a very long list. And they did nothing. And I guess someone's going to have to answer for that in committee. It's not going to be the prime minister. But what happened yesterday by that vote you mentioned, 170 to 150, is MPs have said they've had enough. And they're taking Mm -hmm. it away from cabinet because I'm sorry to be blunt. Cabinet has a 
a credibility problem on this issue when they give the official version and then change it the next day and again and again. Yeah, well, it's always everyone else's fault. So what's next? I know that the conservatives wanted Jody Thomas to testify at this ethics committee. Who Who's up next? Because someone's going to have to answer for this. Like either they were told not to tell the prime minister or they chose not to. Either way, it's a fireable offense. Absolutely. And there are national security advisors who were in that period who would have seen the memo and deputies over at Foreign Affairs. Come on down. Let's see. And you know they're going to want to stare at their shoes and say, I don't recall. But someone is going to have to wear this because the prime minister says he was, you know, he was off in a corner in the office working on the economy. So I guess someone's (laughs) going to to walk on this. And I, I think it's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. Well, someone will walk. It'll be someone else. Um, it's never the prime minister himself, but uh, we'll stay tuned, see what the day brings. Um, in, this is just irony of all ironies. The chief of the Canadian Human Rights Commission, sorry for the mistreatment of black employees. Um, this is someone who was testifying at the Senate Human Rights Committee, and she was testifying about the lack of these black executives at the agency. Um, like they, they, so they're there to heighten and make sure that there's equity and fairness, and yet they did not display any of that in their own leadership. Yet these are the people that wag their finger at the rest of us. Isn't that something? And they have a $37 million annual budget, Alex. These are the people, you said it, they spent the last five years talking about how Canada is a nation of genocide, rife with systemic racism, and a monstrous record on uh, uh, settler colonial perceptions and discrimination. And they're busted for mistreating black employees. And they go to the Human Rights uh, Committee over at the Senate. And Senator Jaffer, who's from Uganda, says, I don't see any black people here today. Don't you see this as a black person issue? Oh, 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 replies the chief commissioner. We're committed to diversity. And Senator Omidvar, who is of South Asian ancestry, says, how many people got fired for mistreating Mm. black employees? Oh, oh, we are committed to transparency. Alex, it was sad. I I have a list in my head of federal agencies that could be closed and no one would even notice. And and this just went to the top of the list. Seriously, why $37 million for Mm -hmm. a voyage of discovery for these mokes? What do you want to bet they all got a bonus last year? Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. And um, it'll be a learning experience for all of us. We'll learn from this, Tom. Yeah, not them. Not that. The rest of us get to learn. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got the Department of Industry. Um, so this Volkswagen battery factory that we've paid 13 over, it'll be about $14 billion. We've been told by Francois Philippe Champagne, who is so excited, he almost kind of takes on the appearance of Tigger. Uh, you know, he told us it would uh, survive for 100 years. Not so much. 100 years, he said. Uh, this is a 100 year investment. And his deputy in committee said, well, we're thinking dozens of years. (laughs) So that would be, I guess, the warranty on a Kenmore washing machine we have in our basement, which Mm, has lasted dozens of years. You have dozens of years out of that thing. You hold on to it because they generally last about two now. It's cool. It's an old Sears model. Whatever. (laughs) The day that Sears closed, that's what made me sad. There goes Kenmore. One of the great brands. Will our $14 billion Volkswagen electric battery factory in St. Thomas, Ontario, surpass the value of our Kenmore warranty 
Only time will tell. But I guess we're no longer talking about a century. MPs want to see the fine print on this, Alex. They've been asking for weeks. Cabinet will not volunteer it. Everyone wants to see the contract. Most suspicious of all the jobs claims. Their MPs will say, you know, when they, they say 8,000 jobs, okay, then maybe 5,000, 3,000. 3,000 jobs for sure. No one believes it. No, no. I mean, you can't until you actually see the numbers. We've seen too many of these deals that end up costing way more and are never as fantastic as we're, we're told uh, that they are. So, yeah, we'll just uh, keep waiting for it. And then you've got, and, and this was a, a couple of days ago that you did this, this uh, National Housing Strategy Act. You know, all we hear about is the housing affordability crisis. It's all we talk about. And then we find out that they've constructed 106,000 homes since 2019 and this government in 2019 at the federal level enshrined the right to adequate housing, and yet they've not built anything. They have to build 3.53 million homes by 2030, which would mean they have to build 440,000 a year, and they've only built 106,000? Yeah, the numbers don't add up, do they? And, and, and it's, it's straight arithmetic. So you're right. There's a hundred. Let's call it a hundred thousand homes attributed to this national program passed by Parliament in four years. Yeah. Okay, how many homes are built in Canada? They figure about two hundred thousand a year. How many homes do we need in Canada? They figure. I'm quoting the superintendent of banks. They figure we need about four hundred thousand. So in five years, you're short a million. And mm-hmm. they built a hundred and six thousand. Victory is ours. As the Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation says, this is going to be a big task. It's not obvious what the issue is, and I know that there are many complaints, but uh, it was a great Liberal cabinet minister, C.D. Howe, said, uh, I'm sorry, shortages are impossible in a capitalist society. We don't live on an island in the middle of the Pacific. Why is there not construction left and right? Everyone's got a theory, but everyone agrees on one thing. CMHC is not getting it done. No. No one's getting it done. We have all these announcements that it's getting done at every level of government. No one's getting it done. But I don't even understand. Why is the federal government in the house building business? Well, they can assure it through mortgages. But indeed, there has been many proposals. But what's the problem with the cities? Well, you know why. Because mm-hmm. they started, CMHC has said it. They don't like urban, uh, suburban sprawl. They want people to, it's climate change. This is the problem when you lose your single-minded focus. Remember the Human Rights Commission that mistreated black employees because they lost their focus? If you're at CMHC, you got one job. Ensure, build, ensure, build. That's it. Build, ensure, and do it again tomorrow. But when you start thinking about climate change and then gender equity and LGBTQ, it starts to get really, really complicated. And then you forget about build and ensure And that's what they did. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. I have no idea what uh, is coming at us over the next day or two, but we'll talk on Thursday. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. That is uh, Tom Korski, always bringing the goods. So, yeah. Look, I don't know why the federal government's in the housing business. Give the funding to the provinces and uh, cities, but they don't need to be in it because they don't do it well. That's what we, we never have housing.